surprising in my surroundings. I'm finding the quietest estates these days. This representation of Star Brewing amazed that the focus remains the vocal focal point of my change. Hello and welcome to the Rambling Runner Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Chittam, and this is the podcast for all the dedicated amateur runners out there who are working hard to get better while balancing running with the rest of their lives. And this show was presented as always by Prevenex. I love this brand so much. What I've been digging most uh, recently is their Neurofi Plus, which is a vegan protein powder shake that I just love to have. And it's just, it's, it's uh, vegan, it's gluten-free, it's packed with nutrients. This is not just about the protein. It has so many things in it. It's more of a meal replacement type thing. Um, and it's really, really good. So what my current routine is, is very simple. I, you know, I wake up with my kids, not with my kids, but I wake up a little bit later than I normally would. Uh, I'm now running after I draw my kids off at school and before my workday starts. So what I like to do is I have the shake around 7, 7.30, and I start my run around 8.45 or so. And that is the perfect timing. It really sets me up. I've been having really good runs. I'm not hungry. I'm not, you know, stuffed. I've had all the nutrients I need. I have this great run. And then afterwards, uh, I'll have kind of like my mid-morning snack. And it's worked so well for me, and I know it will work well for you. So go over to Prevenex.com and use code RUNNER15 to save 15% on your order. Go check it out today. So this episode is with one of my good friends. And if you listen to this podcast, I'm sure you listen to her running podcast as well. It's Lindsay Hines. I'll have another. And I couldn't wait to get her on specifically to talk about her new show. And I was like, all right, why would I want to listen to a podcast about another podcast? But for so many uh, of you listeners, you're in the same boat as I am. And as Lindsay is too, we're parents of, of kids. And this is something that parenting, no matter what our jobs are or what we got going on in our lives, this is something that dominates our lives uh, to a high degree. Lindsay and I talk offline all the time about this sort of thing. And I couldn't wait to talk to her today, not specifically about her show, which she is starting. It just released this week. It's called Why Is Everyone Yelling? It's absolutely fantastic. It's an interview show where she talks to people, um, not just in the parenting space, but about you know development and different things to work with kids on and work with other parents parents on, all of that stuff, and as entertaining and uh, influential as that podcast is, and I love it. The first three episodes have been absolutely fantastic. I want to talk to Lindsay today just about our own parenting adventures and balancing it with everything else and, and all the things uh, along those lines. And the other thing is, Lindsay's a great person, and I was so excited to have this conversation just so you guys can be aware of this new venture she's doing. She put so much time and effort and thoughtfulness and care into this sort of thing. And I want to amplify it because not only is she a friend of mine, but I truly believe that you're going to get something out of it. So without further ado, here's my conversation with my good friend, Lindsay Hine. Lindsay Hine, welcome back to the show. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me. I'm just so appreciative that you're willing to do this because I pepper you with calls and text messages and DMs all the time. I feel like I'm getting to the point of it, of being cut off or just blocked at this point. So I'm just no thankful. I'm just thankful that you're still open to you know any, any communication coming from my direction at this point. Oh my gosh! Well, you called me and I was on a run, and 
you were like, hey, do you want to come talk about your podcast? And I'm like, of course I want to come talk about my podcast. And then two hours later, here we are. Here we are. All right. So we're not talking about I'll have another. Let's introduce it. Let's introduce this new show. I know many people who are listening to this might already know what we're talking about, but let's dive right in. I mean, I hope they do, but I bet there's... I bet most of your listeners don't know that I started a new podcast. This is exciting because you've let me in on this for a while now. And I think most people who, if someone follows you on social media, I think they would be, but didn't, but say they didn't know that you had a podcast, right? But just followed you on social media and they found out, hey, Lindsay Hines is a podcast. I feel like their first guess would not necessarily be running as the topic. <laughs> Yeah. And especially on Instagram, because I stopped posting my episodes, like the static post of my episodes on on Instagram. So people might, you know, if they're not really looking for it, or they didn't already know about it, or they don't watch my stories, they might not assume it. Um, I probably should do a better job with how I promote. But yeah, I just decided to stop posting the actual static pictures. So yeah, I could see why you would think that because oftentimes my most highly engaged posts or, you know, posts where people I feel like they are super connected with me are when I talk about motherhood and um, the struggles of it, also the beautiful things, but um, definitely a lot of people come and comment and say, oh my gosh, that resonated with me because this is really freaking hard. Yeah, that's a really good way of putting it. So I've already given up um, what the, the name is during our intro, which I already shot. But let's dive into it with why is everyone yelling with Lindsay Hein? I love the title. You've already <laughs> shared with me how the title was created. But share with the listeners about why this is a title. And as people don't understand, because say some listen to this and they don't have kids, they might be like, wait, I don't I don't get it. Is this an inside joke I'm not a part of? But I think <laughs> for someone who has little kids just like you, um, I feel like this is something that comes out of my mouth quite often as well. Yeah. It's it's funny because now that I decided to name it this, which, by the way, props to my sister. Her name is Shelby, and she named this podcast, and she also named All Have Another. So she's like the podcast naming queen. If anybody's launching a show and needs some help, uh, direct I'll direct you to her because she does a phenomenal job. Um, but we were just... I, w- I was trying... It was going to be two things. It was going to either be something very basic like for the parents or a parenthood podcast or something with a little bit more flavor. And so I was trying to think of what are things we say to our kids all the time? Like, why is everyone yelling? That's one that my sister came up with, but um, go put your shoes on, you know, things like that. And so we just, she, she kept coming back to that one. And I thought it, it really makes a lot of sense. And obviously It also pertains to like just the world in general. I feel like everybody's constantly yelling. So um, this for the show, it goes specifically to, you know, the parenting world, but it could mean lots of things, I suppose. (laughs) Right. I talked to Mario Frioli a couple of weeks ago about when I started a podcast. And for me, there was a lot of even now there's this imposter syndrome with it knowing my place in the running world and um, knowing you know, my failings as a runner. And then to think about having a parenting show, and you've been very candid 
about your life as a parent. And you and Glenn have Patreon episodes where you talk about all things about your lives, uh, not just running and parenting. But with when you started down the road of creating something like this, did you have any of those feelings uh, in regards to you know either you know talking about parenting generally or your own styles or parenting and the positives that come with it or the negatives or anything along those lines? Well, I think in general with this work that we do, that you do, that Mario does, that I do, I always get. I try to be really honest, but I also get a little bit nervous that something that I say is going to be taken out of context or someone won't really understand my heart behind what I'm saying and think I'm a terrible person. You know, you're always I I just I, I always want people to know that my heart is in the right place. And so I think that when you're in the public eye at all, there's that nervousness. Do you feel that ever? Oh, 100 percent. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think a lot of it's just like self-imposed because it isn't necessarily really there, but every once in a while, like I'll, I'll feel it and I'll wonder if like that's actually the reality of it. And then, um, and then even then I'll have like certain things that I'll do. I did an Instagram story yesterday because I had like a lot of people were commenting like, Hey, you're going to go crush your golds. You're going to blow that running goal out of the water, whatever. It's like these really positive things. And I came back and I was like, I love the positivity, but like this is going to be really hard. <laughs> I don't think it's going to yeah. be that easy. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So you might need to slow your roll a little bit. And then I got a couple of comments like, hey, like, you know, you should kind of relax on that. And like, I, I think I just kind of presented it wrong. But it was like one of those instances of like, oh, like foot in my mouth. Like, oh, geez, Louise, why did I do that? 100%. I mean, it's the kind of thing too, which I think this is uh, why Twitter can be so scary. It's the kind of thing too, where we're living in a world where we have to put asterisks next to everything. Like, oh, I just took my mask off for the picture or, oh, I know I'm speaking in generalities, but, or, you know what I mean? And so, yeah, I just, I feel like I just never want to be misunderstood. And I want, I, I want people who listen to my show or follow my Instagram to know that um, I mean well and my heart is in the right place. But um, anyway, that's kind of like sidetracking a little bit. Uh, as far as imposter syndrome goes, I mean, I've always kind of felt that way a little bit with I'll Have Another when I started that podcast. You know, I am not a professional runner. I actually, when I launched I'll Have Another in 2016, I was following marathoning, but I didn't know SHIT about track and field. And um, I'm learning along the way. And certainly there are a lot of my listeners on that show that probably know a lot more about running than I do. So they're probably thinking, what the heck is she doing hosting this show? You know, but uh, what I really love about podcasting in general is going into the lives of the human behind the running. Um, and so though we talk about running a lot, I, I really, really want to get to know the person. I'm like, do you believe in God? What's your favorite book? You know, like what's your parenting philosophy? I want to know all the other things too. So um, that's kind of why the parenting podcast felt right to me because man, you know, as a parent, that's your life. You know, we, we can be passionate about podcasting and all these other things, but like that is, that is what we are living for in a lot of ways. It's for, it's for our kids. And I felt like I could grow myself if I was interviewing people who were experts 
or I mean, just simply people who are inspiring, just moms and dads that are just um, killing it, you know, uh, overcoming hardships and and also, you know, I'm really excited to interview some parents who have been there, done that. You know, I want to talk to some parents who have teenagers or have grandkids that um, can share some words of wisdom. So, yeah, I there there is a little bit of an imposter sy- syndrome because I am not a parenting expert. I screw up all the time. I have a podcast called Why Is Everyone Yelling? And I'm preaching that I want to, like, you know, move towards this positive parenting philosophy. But yesterday, I literally for two hours, I was trying to get my three year old to clean up his toys. And finally, you know, I was I was all in. I was like, okay, now let's think about this. If you don't clean up your toys, there will be consequences. I was doing the whole dance. And then finally, I was just like, clean up your effing toys. Like just and I said the word, you know, Um, and then the next day I'm wondering why my three year old is dropping (laughs) F-bombs. Yeah, yeah, that's and I, I hear you. Yeah, that's exactly shoot, man. <laughs> like, she encapsulated my life in like one sentence. Um, that's exactly what I'm. You know, and I'm not saying that I've had the exact same experience, but I feel like I've had so many of those those similar experiences. Uh, even this morning. Um, <laughs> and it's so funny because like I've listened to uh, almost all of your episodes, and it's so funny when you get a mother or a father, and usually it's a mother on your on your podcast. And you guys can commiserate on, you know, similar experiences that you've had or, um, you know, you'll have different conversations about how things are going. And all of a sudden it, you know, maybe even unknowingly at the time, you all of a sudden are like test driving this idea of this parenting podcast, because I feel like this has happened on a number of your shows and you can just tell like how engaged you and the guest are during those moments. Yeah. And you know, that's a kind of a cool crossover. I think that there'll be a lot of guests that have been on All Have Another. Um, Katie Arnold is one that stands out to me. And we've kind of talked a little bit on Instagram since I announced the show. Um, That would be an an amazing guest for the parenting podcast. Um, She's written quite a few articles on raising independent kids. And um, so, yeah, I think there's some crossover there, too, where I can I can have guests that have been on I'll have another, you know, my husband, though, Glenn, he's like, you have to branch out of the runners like there is so many more <laughs> parents out there than than runners. So, yes, you know, you can market this to the running community that that you've kind of cultivated on your own platforms. But like there's a much bigger market if you really think about it. It's just how do I freaking like get in front of those people anymore? Launching a podcast, if you don't have an already, you know, substantial platform, it is or you're, you know, famous, Dax Shepard, whoever you are, like, it is hard to get some momentum. Yeah, it's true. I think the idea of having these like slight pivots is smart because like I has I heard this one analogy like if you're if you're in a boat and you change course like two degrees, like you're not gonna notice it right away. But then in the long term, you're going to be in a completely different spot than you were if you kept going straight. And I feel like you know, if you just completely diverge from your traditional course or just like make this complete paradigm shifting podcast, you're basically starting from zero, which is not necessarily the worst thing in the world. But like you've, you've done this before. You saw it with with your Illuminate podcast, which is also part of the Sandy Boy uh, podcast network. And you know it's hard to do that all over again while also maintaining your current podcast and all the other things you're trying to do. So I can see why you would have some running folks in there in the beginning, especially because not only do you know them 
you're also interested in them, but your current audience it's it's not like too big of a bridge to cross for them to get involved into it. Yeah, I mean, a lot of runners are parents and quite frankly like the the especially the first two episodes of my podcast that came out already on why is everyone yelling? Like those I don't I don't think you need to be a parent to take away really great information from those episodes. Um, the first episode is with Emily Calandrelli. She's uh, the space gal on the internet, but she is the host of the new Netflix show, Emily's Wonder Lab. And she just has some really amazing things to say about science literacy and speaking science communication with empathy and so many things beyond just what we're teaching our kids. Yeah, there's a heavy part. Um, about kids in it. And also I let my kids ask her a couple questions at the end of the podcast. That was really cute. That was really cute. Oh, they were geeking out because they just love her show. Um, But did, so if you listened, did you not, didn't you think like, okay, like this isn't necessarily just for kids or people with kids? No, no, absolutely not. Especially with her whole like be kind stuff as well. And, you know, so much of what parenting is are these um, these skills that are important in so many areas of life, but I think sometimes with parenting, they just get magnified to like the nth degree, like being empathetic, being patient, being, you know, being able to understand what you can and can't control, you know, communicating properly when you're stressed out. Like those are skills that aren't, you know, inherent only in parenting, but they can be certainly magnified with parenting, especially if you're in some sort of time crunch or things aren't going your way or like you're just like completely stressed out for, for Lord knows what reason. For sure. Um, and I just listened back to the second episode and this woman speaks on like body neutrality and positivity and body image positivity. And just as a mother, like coming off uh, postpartum and things like that, her, her message it wasn't just for mothers, though. Her message was like, like with your body, and and we talked a lot about like how to talk to your kids about body image. But it's like with your body, you're never gonna come to this place of like, here's the final spot, you know, like here's where I always wanted to be. It's just this like constant journey of accepting um, where you're at and being grateful for the body that you do have and what it can do. And um, I think I'm just like. I'm so excited about conversations like that because you walk away with like tangible things you can apply to your own life. And, you know, like with this podcast, I I want parents and anybody who listens to, to walk away feeling like a connection, like, oh my gosh, yes, I felt that way yesterday, or I'm not the only one that feels that way, you know? Um, and, and I'm also, you know, we're, we're, Uh, starting a Facebook group where parents can come, like, just look for support, you know, like, for instance, this toy cleanup thing that I was talking about uh, with my son yesterday, like, I would love to hear tactics other people have done that work. And maybe if something worked for you, Matt, well, maybe that I tried it already and it didn't work. But Erica Sarah, who's in the group, has another suggestion that worked for her that could work for me. So um, I'm hoping what this will do is provide a support network of parents helping out each other. I love that you like drop the Erica Sarah line, who's like a complete legend. It's like, hey, Erica Sarah gave me parenting advice. She's like, oh my God, that is so cool. Um, that, I love, well, that, she she joined the group and she already like com- said something like, 
why are my kids yelling all morning already or something like that? So yeah, I love Erica. Yeah. And you actually have, now I'm trying to remember, you had an episode on the Illuminate podcast where like this, this exact thing was like a 30 minute topic on the show. I think it was like two or three months ago. Um, And it was like, definitely like this idea of like, you know, talking to your kids in a way that they understand and not necessarily being like, you know, cause and effect with them, which like I always am. I feel like I'm always cause and effect. Like you do this, I'm going to do that. You do this, I'm taking this away. You know what I mean? Like I keep drawing these straight lines between this and that. However, like Lord knows, like if someone did that to me and my behaviors, oh God, I would fail every single time. (laughs) But I feel like it's usually like the byproduct of either, you know, just the, the, I guess I'm trying to think like it's oftentimes it's just like the uh, continuation of what I've always been doing. So it's easy to fall into those habits um, mixed with maybe just not enough tools in the toolbox from a parenting perspective to the idea of like, I've already tried being empathetic. They're not getting it. I can't just let this little, this little human rug stomp all over me. I have to like put my foot down here. Um, which is so funny because like oftentimes I'm sure that's not what the kid is thinking, but I, I feel like I put my like adult, ha- like I, I basically put my adult brain into their little kid brain and be like, if they're doing this, this is what they're trying to do. And I feel like that's probably not the way of going about it. So like, I don't have any, like, I wish I'd give you like a tip, but like, I'm, I'm going to listen to your podcast to get tips from you guys because <laughs> I feel like I struggle with this all the time. And this is something there. I always look at you because you always provide this, this framework when you talk about parenting, um, either on the podcast or podcasts, I should say, um, or online of like, you, you don't try to be the like overarching, not overarching, but like the helicopter parent, like someone who's like completely on top of their kids, trying to micromanage exactly what they're doing. It's much more like, all right, like there are certain, certain rules and you want them to be nice and be kind, but like, you're going to let them be rough and tumble and kind of figure things out on their own. Where do you like to draw the line um, with some of your kids in that regard? Knowing that, you know, you have four kids and they're all different ages, you know, separated by two or three years each. Um, How do you kind of balance it all? Well, first of all, I like that you brought up the Illuminate thing because I had a positive parenting coach on that show a couple times. Her name's Wendy Snyder, and she's amazing. Um, And we talked about compassionate discipline and positive parenting on two different episodes. And um, I don't think that my views like 100% line up with every single thing she practices, which is totally fine and normal. Um, But I have learned so, so much from just those two conversations with her, which is why you know, the more I did that, the more I was like, man, I like, I just, there's so much more I want to learn. Um, because here's the thing, like I'm eight years in and I am like constantly learning and relearning. And, um, I think back to, you know, ways I did things with my oldest when he was two, three, four, and I would never do that now, but you know, you just, you don't know until you know, but, um, as far as (laughs) I wanted to comment on the reaction thing that you were talking about, One of the hardest things I've had as a parenting, especially as a parent, especially like diving into this positive parenting thing is you want instant gratification, right? You want to tell your kid, don't do that. Or like you said, or you'll be grounded or you'll go to your room. Um, But what I've found and what I've been working on is making sure that I'm revisiting these conversations later. Because when my child who is very young and their emotions are very high are, you know, 
doing something they shouldn't do. Yes, we address it right away, but it's to me, instead of me reacting and totally blowing up in the moment, like I can't believe they did that. I need to come back to it and revisit. And for me as a parent, one of the hardest things around that is in public settings because I feel that I am being judged for not being hard enough on my kid. You know, like if your kid does something, you think everybody around you or like the older generation, your parents, or if you have aunts and uncles around, they're expecting you to like, I'm going to spank you or, you know, like you don't talk to me that way. Who do you think you are? And so I think that the judgment of other parents in that regard, when I'm out in public or at, you know, someone's house, I think that that's what I struggle with the most because I feel like they think I'm a pushover, but really I'm just trying to control my own reactions so that we can revisit it. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. And I feel like I, I can, I kind of fall into both camps here because there are certain times like we're at say like my mom's house or my uh, mother-in-law's house, you know, oftentimes like the kids will be, you know, I'll be a little bit more lax with the kids because like they see those people all the time. Yeah. Like they, like my in-laws live across the street. So when we go there for dinners, it's not like this oh, big I'm, excursion. I'm, je- I'm jealous about that. And then my mom lives three miles away, literally. Jealous uh, about that too. So we see them all the time. So like they're pretty lax. We're pretty lax over there because there's it's almost like they're second homes in a sense, right? Um, so like I'll have that situation where like, you know, I'm definitely not like putting the hammer down all the time. But then there are other times where I do and all of a sudden I'm like, oh, shoot. Like now I'm coming across as like the overbearing parent. You know, and like I actually even had like, you know, and, and probably rightfully so. But I get I think what, there was one time I think it was like a month ago where like I definitely came on, came out way too hard on my daughter, like at a friend's house. And like, you know, I definitely regretted it afterwards and then all of that stuff. And and I'm sitting there like, oh, God, I shouldn't have done that. You know what I mean? And like I have like so I kind of go in both directions, like kind of depends on like how close we are with people. But like, mm-hmm. I guarantee you part of the reason I did that at the friend's house was because exactly what you said. Like, I didn't want to come across as like, oh, you know, like, it's totally fine with us if she disrespects people. Like, we don't care. You know what I mean? Right, and, right. And, you know, whether they're thinking that or not, it really doesn't matter. But like, was it on my mind? Like, probably. A hundred percent for sure. I know one of the things I think about, too, in those moments where I like want to scream at them or whatever. Well, one, when my kids start screaming at me, I usually, you know, in the past, I think I would say, yeah, you know, like you can't talk to me like that. But now I, I kind of look at them and as they get older, it's a little bit different, right? The relationship changes, their emotions change. And I say, I, I don't just yell at you out of nowhere, you know, like you don't, you don't have the right to just scream at me like that for no reason. Um, And I don't care, you know, if you're mad, that's okay, but you can't just scream at me. And if you need to go spend some time alone, that's fine. But I think in the past, in those moments, I would just lash out and I still do sometimes. I'm not saying I don't, but um, yeah, it's that reaction that you try to control. Um, But you had asked me, how do I manage that with all four of them as far as like, you know, what I let them do in regards to being a hel- like, I'm like an anti-helicopter parent. I'm like the furthest thing from a helicopter parent out there. We need to call um, it, is there a term for that? I don't know. Because like helicopter, I mean, like you're like, you're above them looking down. Like you're, you're constantly following them around, making like, sure they're not getting hurt. Yeah. Right. So maybe you're like, I'm now thinking like the space lady, you're like a, tel- a telescope parent. You're like you see them yeah. in the distance. Like oh, I can oh, see it kind of. <laughs> Yes, that's totally it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I like, I think that I've always just 
So if my kid falls down and gets hurt, I, even when they were really little, I just, I never go running to them because I don't want them to be trained to think I get hurt. Someone comes running, you know, um, even this happened last night in the park. It happened to Lewis. He's my second. And I, he was kind of hurt. Like, and I just kind of watched him and then he kind of dusted off his, his pants a little bit. And he wanted to get back to playing. Like he didn't really, like he didn't need to come over and get like a five minute hug and me to look at his knee. Um, but you know, I was watching him to see, did did he need some attention? Um, and then after he kind of dusted his knees back up, I said, Hey, you, you good? You okay? And he said, yeah, I'm fine. You know? Um, and, and I think that, well, a, with having so many kids, you really can't run to every single thing anyway, right? Yeah, I, I think oftentimes too, for me, when I when was some of the kids were little, I definitely had that belief equal to yours, right? Of like, all yeah. right, the worst thing I could do here is like make some crazy expression and like it's, it makes them cry. Like my reaction know, makes them cry. Okay? Yeah, yeah, not not like the actual hurt, but like there were times where like I just abandoned that course because like I just viewed it as like an excuse to cuddle. Come on mm-hmm. over, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, and it was like, I know what I'm doing here, and I'm I just want I just want to cuddle with this kid right now. It has nothing to do with like whether they got hurt or not. And I'm like, you know, I can I can see that happening with the grandparents sometimes as well. Oh yeah, for sure. And it's it's wild here. I, I am constantly trying to find a balance be- of like how much chaos is too much chaos because um it's pretty clear to me that the I have all boys and it's clear to me that like wrestling and karate chopping and doing all those things is just kind of their nature. Um, And so there's this like fine balance of like how much is too much. And I mean, every single day out of my mouth, someone's going to get hurt. I mean, just constant, constant, constant. And someone does get hurt because someone got body slammed or, you know, fell off the couch because they were doing karate chops. So yeah, it's, it's kind of like, where's the line? Like, when is it too much? Because I don't want to go to the ER, you know? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. I know. And then you're like, and then you have that moment of like, you know, it's like that perverse gratification when someone does get hurt. Cause you're like, I don't want them to get hurt, but like, I told you so. <laughs> I, told I told you, you so. were going to get hurt. Urgh. I told you this was going to happen. Oh my gosh. Seriously. I know. My, my, son's, my son's in a climbing phase. So like, I saw your picture today of Russell, like doing some sort of like spread Eagle on the third oh shelf gosh. of your like you know, walk-in pantry or whatever, like trying to get some crackers and cookies or whatever. And like, I, I have visions of my son who's now like climbing on everything, but it's all stair related. So he's just like, climbing vertically upstairs and, and these random these random things he's doing on on railings and you're like oh god like this is not it's not gonna end well i think the other day he like almost landed on our dog and you're like oh god great great <laughs> how, <laughs> go to two different he, hospitals is he i forget who's older your daughter or your son yeah so my daughter's eight and my son is five Okay. Okay. So your son's the same age as my number two then. Well, I really appreciated our call the other day when both of your children were screaming in the background and you're like, don't jump on the trampoline with the iPad. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was feeling this. I was like, it's so funny because like this, this is like Murphy's Law or whatever, where like you're destined to have like your weirdest parenting moments when you're on the phone with somebody. Mm-hmm. Like, it, like that never had happened before in my life. But like, as soon as I you know start up a phone call, like you know, like something nuts is about to happen. Like it, it never fails. Well, I mean, that didn't sound very nuts to me, honestly. 
No, it, it really was, but it was just like it was this random moment of like, oh, I wasn't paying attention. I guarantee you, like, someone was going to get hit in the face with the iPad. But yeah, I just iPad happened to be looking at them at the time. Yeah, or like, goodbye, iPad. Like, <laughs> I, think I think it's dead as a doornail now. Um, but no, that's a great point of like, them would just been like, you know, another Tuesday at the Hind House where like, I'm here like, oh gosh, you know, like whatever. And I think it's all relative, which I think brings up to another point of like, when you have these instances where like you're getting, um, and say you, but like just generally speaking, understanding like what your kids are up to and figuring out like what they can handle and what they can't. Like, I feel like this is a constant balance for me of like, understanding like all right what my kids can do but on on their own and what they and how they can interact with kids other kids you know in in the proper way and then also trying to give them opportunities for growth but not like completely losing sight of my role as someone who's trying to guide them or help them yeah like how much freedom do you give them yeah exactly and and that's i don't know how you know, that's something you guys, you and Glenn talk about all the time, your husband, but that's something that like, I know I personally struggle with all the time because like, I definitely err on the side more on the control than the laissez-faire approach. And I think no matter where you fall, it's always going to be a sort of judgment you have to figure out. Well, what terrifies me the most in terms of freedom is the internet, to be honest. Um, I am super free range with my kids in the neighborhood and we live in a city neighborhood. You know, I'm not, I don't live in some like fancy suburban neighborhood or anything like that. Um, and my two big kids, they, they free range around the neighborhood all the time. I will leave and go to the grocery store and, and just text a couple neighbors and say, Hey, Marshall and Lewis are, you know, bouncing between these two houses. We'll be back in an hour. I mean, seriously, I'm super, super lax about that. And part of it is, is that I trust them. I know they're pretty little for that, especially Lewis, but, um, I trust them. They know the houses that they feel comfortable going, going to. And, um, I, you know, I have great neighbors that I trust, but, um, the, the world outside where they're playing and bouncing around from house to house. Um, and I have a funny story about that, actually, if you want me to share it, you've probably heard me talk about it. Um, but it's the internet that terrifies me because here's the thing, what those boys or girls see on the internet one time, they cannot unsee that. And, um, one of my friends, Emily, she refers to it as sticky images and that's how she explains it to her kids. Um, those are images that stick in your brain and they're not great, um, you know, to see that's not, we weren't created to, to see things like that. And a lot of, I'm, really, I'm talking about porn right now. <laughs> um, but I'm terrified of that. You know, my oldest son is eight. And um, I think that that's what I'm, as far as freedom goes, and most scared about. And we don't like we don't, my kids don't have iPads, you know, they have to would have to be on our computer or something like that. But um, yeah, so I can tell you that funny story if you want me to. <laughs> no, I definitely, first of all, I definitely want to hear it. Yeah. And like, we have like a, like a, this old, old iPad that has like nothing to it. Um, and we have like this other thing where it's like one of those like kid iPads where like, you know, there's like, it's just like these little crazy games. Um, there's no real internet access and they just gouge you on the other end because all the games are like hyper expensive, but like there is this peace totally. of mind aspect um, with it. That, that's that's kind of nice. But no, I definitely want to hear the funny story, man. Lay it on me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I do, I, I cite asterisk because, you know, we live in that asterisk world. Um, I do want to say, I do know that like giving them the freedom to run around to houses, you know, friends' houses, like, you know, 
your kids are out in the world. You can't control every single thing they do. Um, Thankfully, they're not running around with older kids yet, though. So um, I, I'm still like right there, you know, on the cusp of, of when I really have to think about these things. But um, yeah, so the funny story is, and people will probably judge me for this. That's okay. I'm fine with that. Um, <laughs> I So we had a babysitter at the house and Glenn and I were both working from home. This is like coming off of like hardcore quarantine, you know. And we, Glenn and I left to go get some coffee. And when we came back, there was a police car in front of our house. And I'm like, oh, oh God. God. Worst case scenario. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I think he's like, he's not by our, in front of our neighbor's house. He's like in front of our house. And um, so, like I said before, we let our two big boys kind of bounce around back and forth through. There's like two or three neighbor houses. And the furthest one down is 10 houses down. And they do have to cross a road, but it's at a stop sign and it's only one way. Um, and we let them do that. So the police officer is sitting in front of my house. And then I look down the sidewalk and there is Lewis uh, walking like with his head down with some random older lady. <laughs> and he doesn't have a shirt on and he's not wearing any shoes and he's also like really thin right now. It's just like the phase that his body's going through, you know, he's like stretching out and she's looking at me like, he doesn't have any shoes on. He's not wearing a shirt. You know, where's he going? And I said, well, I think he's walking home. And I said, Lewis, are you okay? And he said, yeah. And then I went and talked to the police officer and I said, um, Hey, uh, is everything okay? This is my son. He's walking home. We have a babysitter at the house. You know, my neighbor sent him home and he said, well, he's a little young for this neighborhood. <laughs> and I was like, okay, great. And I thanked the woman. I was like, thank you so much for looking out for my son. Um, but I thought more than anything, more than being annoyed about this lady, I was like, okay, well, I have a great story to tell. I got the police called on me for being apparently too free rangey in this, in the world of 2020. All right. So we've been talking about your, you know, like your opinions and your experiences. Um, but a big part of parenting is what you do with, you know, your spouse and in this case, Glenn. So how has your, um, your opinions and how you uh, choose to, or, or how, you, how you prefer to raise your boys meshed with his views and his experiences. Yeah, that's been tough because as I've done a lot of like work as far as reading books and trying to learn how to do this. And it, basically I'm trying to learn how to parent in a more peaceful, less chaotic way because I just got to the point where Everyone was yelling <laughs> all the time. I mean, even this morning at one point, everybody was yelling when we were trying to get the kids out the door and, you know, they were trying to go play with a friend and then they were screaming at me because I told them to they needed to pick up their room first. And we got to this point where like four out of six humans in this house were screaming and I was like, ah, but that exact moment is why I started venturing on this like less yelling journey because you can't always control it. People are going to yell. People are going to flip out. It's going to happen. But if I can minimize it, I want to minimize it. And it's been a little bit challenging. I mean, Glenn has definitely changed the way he parents as well. Um, but getting him to buy into it has been a little bit hard because oftentimes 
I feel like a pushover with my kids. Like I feel like I'm letting them walk all over me. And so I'm trying to find that balance. And, you know, a lot of times I do walk away and I just say, your dad's going to handle this, right? (laughs) Um, So yeah, it's been conflicting. The thing about it is, is he won't read the books either. I don't know if you and your wife have this, but like I'll read all the books. You, You give me a piece of information where I feel like I could do better at my parenting and I will read the book, you know, twice, but he, he doesn't want to read the book. So it, that, I mean, that's hard if you're not on the exact same page. Yeah. So we haven't had that experience. Well, first of all, like, unless it's an audio book, I'm not going to read it. Like <laughs> I just can't, um, at this point, um, and it's been that way for a long time. Um, with that said, my wife is an elementary school special ed teacher. So she, you know, this is literally her profession is you know, this age group, their growth, what they can do, what they can't do, um, how to test them, what is age appropriate for them, so on and so forth. So, man, she doesn't need any more information. She's, she's got it all down. Um, oh, sure. For me, on the other hand, I don't have anything down. And I definitely like veer much more towards like the this is chaotic I'm not chaotic. That's not even right. But like if the kids are just like screaming or I feel like they're being disrespectful, um, you know, I come down pretty, not, not pretty hard. Like I, I just, I want, to, I end up trying to control too much. It's mm. definitely what it is. And then like mm-hmm. I end up raising my voice and yada, 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 yada. So like that's definitely not great for sure. And she lets me know like, hey, like that wasn't, that wasn't great. <laughs> and that usually, usually isn't uh, the most pleasant conversation because like you're sitting there and you get really defensive and then you realize after the fact like, oh gosh, like she's right and yada, yada, yada. But with that said, I think, for me and my parenting, oftentimes it comes down to like not being swept up in the moment, which I think brings us back to what you started this episode with of like, this isn't necessarily about parenting, you know, it's these skills that are ever present and that just show up when we are parenting. So like I get swept up in the moment and I'm not mindful and all of a sudden I lose control or it's like these avalanche of small little stones getting out of order. And then all of a sudden the whole mountain's falling down, you know, and I'm screaming, I'm completely losing control. And, you know, you regret it immediately. And then ultimately like the jokes on me, cause it doesn't really have any impact on the kid at all. It's like, like, all right, well, like I shouldn't have done that, but like, at least it changed their behavior. It's like, no, you shouldn't have done that. And nothing has changed. Oh, totally. And what people will always, you know, this is kind of like the obvious that everybody always says is like, don't be afraid to apologize to your kids when, when you do blow up or when you say something you wish you wouldn't have. I mean, I think that that's kind of like a standard practice these days, but, um, I do that a lot. I, I, and, and it's, it, again, it's that balance, like, cause you don't want to over apologize. You don't want to like be a total pushover, but I apologize to my kids for something probably every day. All right. So th- I was thinking about this on my run today when I was like, I got to call Lindsay and see if she can the show is I feel like with parenting that has a lot of parallels with coaching, um, especially coaching team sports where you have like the highs oftentimes, like say it's like the win. So you win a game. It's not nearly as like positively impactful as losing is negatively impactful. Like you, like a good moment comes and you're like, you almost expect it. And then a, a bad moment comes and like you fixate on it. So like oh. the, 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 the wins are never as sweet as the losses are sour. And I feel like that same thing with parenting, like if the kids do something well, oftentimes my, not well, but like say like they speak nicely to each other or they say, please, when they're asking for something, these little things, 
I like immediately, oftentimes, will gravitate towards, well, yeah, they're supposed to do that. Sure, sure, and then, sure, like, sure. Then when things don't go well, I'm like, why aren't they doing this? You know? Um, and have you had that same experience? Oh, yeah. I totally get that. That's a really good analogy. I've never thought about it like that. Um, I I try really hard when my kids, when I notice my kids being polite or anything like that without me soliciting them being polite because, I mean, ev- every day I feel like, you know, like today, I made them pancakes for breakfast for the second day in a row. And after everybody got done eating, I was like, hey, just so you know, nobody said thank you to me, you know, <laughs> um, but had they said thank you without even me broaching the subject, I would have like tried to remember to let them know that, hey, great job. Like, I'm really happy that you said that. That made my heart really happy to hear you say thank you um, and being grateful for the pancakes that I made you. Um, So I think one of the things with that is like constantly acknowledging those little wins. You know, anytime I see, anytime I see one of my kids like do something unsolicited nice for the other kid, um, I like, try to make a big deal about that because I want to, I want them to feel that praise like, oh, like this is a good thing. Uh, But again, what is, what is the balance? Just like you were saying, because at some point, when is it just expected that they treat people like that? Right. And then, uh, you know, I, first of all, I think that's great. And like, I'm all for that, like intellectually. And oftentimes what I'll end up finding myself doing, I feel like you're like my therapist right now. I'm like opening up with all my parental <laughs> failings um, is that I'll like, I'm always like on a mission to like correct things. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they'll do, you know, 10 things in a row where you're like, wow, like that's exactly what I asked them to do. But then like all of a sudden they don't do this other thing. And like, then I pick up on that. You know what I mean? So I'm always like in correcting mode um, instead of like what you mentioned, like, you know, you know, praising them for what they're doing. I will say in the instances where I do try to go out of my way to do that, I feel like all I'm doing as a human is just looking at my kids mm-hmm. as opposed to like, you know, the 10,000 other things I need to do as well as being a parent. So I'm just like looking at my kids, constantly observing their behavior and like, you know, trying to point out positives. And I'm like, all right, this is exhausting. And oh, by the way, I got to go do those dishes. <laughs> I can't just be standing here. You know, it's like the negatives are so oftentimes the things that pique our interest because there's usually screaming and crying related to them. So like, you're like oh, what just happened? You know, and then you kind of leave the room and you check on what's going on as opposed to sitting on the couch, observing them interacting and be like, hey, that was really sweet. Like, thank you for doing that. You're such a sweet kid, you know, um, not to say that I shouldn't do it, but I feel like oftentimes either that's the real life situation happening or that's the crush that I lean on. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. And that the sports analogy that you brought up as well, um, we are entering pretty competitive soccer right now with our oldest and. Um, I was thinking about that, what you said, like the wins being like, okay, yay, we won, but the losses being so much more challenging. And I was, I've been thinking about that in my own parenting a lot. Like, how do I approach being the sideline parent in sports, you know? Um, because the most important, the two most important things that I want to see my kids do in sports, and this relates to life and school and working together with their brothers is that they, they work hard and they have fun. Um, and I don't know what the order is, you know, um, but those are the only two things I care about. And so, uh, whether they win or whether they lose and anything that they do work hard and have fun, that's like the, that's like the motto. I probably stole it from someone, but, um, 
Yeah. I think that if we can vocalize that to our kids over and over and over again, they'll understand. I've been having a hard time though, explaining like why it's important to work hard. Cause sometimes I see, uh, him, like my son, like daydreaming on the soccer field. And I'm like, wait a minute, wait, uh, uh, you're still playing a game. But he's having fun, mom. He's having fun. What's the order again? I know. I don't know. (laughs) What is the order? I guess have fun is the first part at this young of an age, but I was trying to explain to him the analogy. um, Like I was trying to explain to him about running marathons, like, Hey, mom and dad run these marathons because of, you know, they give us so much gratification at the end. But the only reason we have that gratification at the end is because we worked really hard in the middle. Um, And trying to explain that to a kid is really hard, but I think it's important to at least start communicating that to them um, at a young age. Yeah. And one book that I took from, and not even, I, I first read this when I wasn't even a parent, like not even close to being a parent. I don't even think I met my wife at the time, um, was The Talent Code by Daniel Coyle. And when one of the anecdotes, they talk about how like for a young practitioner, like in anything, whether it's sports, music, whatever, um, one of the key things from a teaching perspective is getting a teacher who is going to focus on making sure that the kid is enjoying the activity, that that is by and large, the most important factor. And these are for, this is, they they did the study after the fact, after they found the exceptional producers or the exceptional athletes or the exceptional musicians or exceptional chess players. Like this was a commonality that their first teacher, you know, was like the lady down the street taught them piano, you know, and like brought them lollipops and, you know, like it was an enjoyable experience. It wasn't about the piano. It was about the interaction with an adult and having a good time and, and all of that, that that was her first interaction with the activity because that laid the groundwork for all the other things. And that, you know, it's funny that like, that's, that's what stuck with me with that book, which is funny. Cause like, it's not about parenting It's not a parenting book on any level, but it's a, it's a, it's a human development book. And that was a, that was kind of a, an interesting side note for me with that said, we're about to wrap it up. Thank you so much for your time. But before we do, you've already talked a little bit about it, but this podcast is much more than just a show. There's community feel around it. So once again, talk a little bit about that and what you're hoping to get out of that interaction with folks who are listening to the show and, and gaining from it or have you know comments or questions or commentary. Yeah. Uh, just a quick note on what you just said too. I, I once heard that the best thing you can say to your kids while watching them play sports or do, you know, play the piano or whatever it is, is just saying, I love watching you play. And sometimes you just need to leave it at that. That's really good. I like that. Yeah. Just, I love watching you play. So I try to say that a lot. Um, yeah. So yeah, the podcast is weekly. Um, hopefully this conversation and my rambling didn't like steer anybody away from it. (laughs) Um, I hope I didn't sound too preachy. I'm just trying to. I'm just trying to do all this myself. Um, no, I, I love these conversations, and that's why I like this podcast because I know it's coming from somebody who's not doing the preaching stuff. It's like, hey, I'm in the middle of this. Oh come yeah, and, c- come and join me. Yeah, it's like constantly relearning, learning, relearning, learning. You know, I think I'm doing something right, and then oh shoot, no, like I should have done it this way. Um, and I, you know, in 20 years when my kids are all grown, I'll probably still be thinking of different ways I could have done things, but. Um, and saying that, I also want to say, I think it's important to not overthink things. You know, it, it maybe sounds like I'm doing a lot of overthinking, but I'm just trying to minimize the chaos. Um, but sometimes your gut instinct is just your gut instinct and that's what you need to do. Um, but 
yeah, like the podcast is weekly every Tuesday, which, by the way, apparently, see you next Tuesday is like a derogatory term. <laughs> and I did oh, not know yeah. that. Did you know that? Well, we're yeah. not going to say it. No. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know that. I'm like, what? What are you talking about? And I think I signed off on the first two episodes saying that. And then I had to go look up Urban Dictionary because I had no idea what it meant. Oh, my God. Um, that, rem- that reminds me of Megan and David Roach talking about swap. And they're like, yeah, don't Google it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I actually don't know what that means either. I mean, I know what it means. Some work I'll play for their for their coaching, but I don't know what the... I th- it, re- it relates to uh, in, uh, so an open marriage. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Well, that makes sense. Okay. Swap. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But anyway, I'm learning a lot already from this parenting podcast. Apparently, I'm an old parent who doesn't know like what, you know, lingo these days. Um, Where was I going with that? But yeah, it's every Tuesday. I won't be saying see you next Tuesday on future episodes. Um, Shout out to my friend on Instagram. I forget what your name is, but someone messaged me and was like, hey, heads up in case you didn't know. (laughs) Um, But yeah, like I, you know, there are a lot of parent forums all over the internet, right? Like we have one locally here in D Midtown Parents. And I think a lot of parenting groups can have a good amount of negativity in them too. And that is the opposite. I don't want any negativity in this group. I want it to be positive and uplifting and encouraging and supportive and innovative. And so um, that's what the Facebook group is for. I have a couple books that I'm going to read along with people. I'm a big book nerd. We have a very casual book club with I'll Have Another that like, you know, 20 people participate in and Basically, we all just read the same book. But um, the first book we're going to read in the parenting group is um, this. I think it's called The Seven Spiritual Laws for Parents. And it is so good. It's by Deepak Chopra. I loved that book so much. Going to read it again, go through chapter by chapter. And, you know, obviously, Deepak Chopra is a dream big guest for the show (laughs) that I doubt I will get on. But, um, yeah, I just want it to be a place where you feel like you can connect with people and walk away with a value add because that was my biggest fear launching this show was that it would just be more noise and it wouldn't be a value add to people's lives. And um, there's already too much of that in the world. So I'm just hoping that this will be something that helps you know anybody who listens and joins the community. Well, it's helped me. I've loved the first three episodes. You dropped two today. That's awesome. In addition, just our conversations about this, we've had a lot of these offline and I've cherished all of them. Lindsay, thank you so much for coming on and for all the good work that you're doing. Thank you so much for having me. Lindsay, thank you so much for coming on. Also, shout out to Prevenex and Gooder for sponsoring this episode. Go check out, now that you listen to my podcast, go check out Why Is Everyone Yelling with Lindsay Hind. You're going to be so glad you did. I just, I can't speak highly enough about Lindsay and the thought and care that she's putting into this show. Her guests are absolutely phenomenal. If you think that her running show guests are great, and they are, they're some of the best people in running in the world, she is doing that same thing with parenting, and it's just so enjoyable. So go check out that podcast. I know you're going to love it. That's for sure. So thank you so much for listening, and happy running.
This has been a production of Rambling Runner Podcast. This podcast is produced by David Margetti of In Post Media. Thank you to Meta P for the music. His song, Righteous Path, featuring Rex Mayhem and Chip Fu, is produced by Symphonic Bang. Enterprising in my surroundings, I'm finding the quietest estates these days. This representation of storm brewing, amazed that the focus remains the vocal focal point of my change. I'm trying to show this industry I got.